For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today's podcast is sponsored by FastBitcoins.com. FastBitcoins provides a simple way for people to buy Bitcoin directly from their bank account or with cash in physical stores. Their services are rapidly growing in availability across the UK, Estonia, as well as Canada, and they're launching in Australia soon too. FastBitcoins is committed to providing high-quality Bitcoin-only services. They want to make sure that the growing number of people interested in buying and benefiting from the possibilities of Bitcoin can do so easily, securely, and with as few distractions as possible. Learn more about Fast Bitcoin's range of services at fastbitcoins.com, including how you can earn Bitcoin for free through their referral scheme. That is fastbitcoins.com. Fastbitcoins.com. Go check them out. I am the man, sick with the slang, sick and I'm destined for fame. Do for the fam, not for the grand, stunt me and destined for pain. I do not front, I do not scam, put some respect on my name. What's up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls around the world? I would like to welcome you back to the Real Talk with Zuby podcast. On today's episode, we have got on the creator of FastBitcoins.com. He is an entrepreneur, and he's a very interesting guy. And this is Danny Brewster. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, bit of a fan, to be fair. Uh, since I discovered you about six months ago with Peter McCormack. Okay. I've uh, been following your, your progress and uh, quite enjoy your twitter forays into <laughs> stirring it up um it's been quite the entertainment during the uh, during this lockdown period <laughs> um, to be fair uh some things i agree with you on some things i, I don't but uh, i think that's the case for pretty much everyone who follows me but I like, as, it, I as like, it should be I like the games you play <laughs> i don't play games I'm, I'm just me and people enjoy it so that's good Awesome, man. So t tell us a little bit about, tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are and what you do. Um, I've got quite a storied background um, from the uh, Lincolnshire region of the UK. I'm actually originally from Boston, um, where the fa uh, Pilgrim Fathers left from, or those held in jail here, that traveled over to the US. Mm -hmm. um, so Boston in Massachusetts is named after Boston here, where I'm originally from. Uh, it's very different. It's a small market town in a semi-rural location. Yeah. Um, I, uh, from a young age, uh, played a lot of football, soccer, um, depending on which side of the, the Atlantic you're on, and um, played for a professional club at the Centre of Excellence, um, which turned into... Uh, quite a huge story many years later um, with the investigations into abuse in child, uh, in, in football. Uh, look, like, fortunately for myself, I, I didn't actually 
go through any abuse or anything, but uh, my coaches at the time were heavily implicated in that and um, went through school, was a bit of a tear away, um, didn't really do as well as what I should have done um, in, the, in the classroom environment, um, left school, couldn't get into college because of my school report, uh, so I got a job in a bank instead. Mm-hmm. Um, from the age of uh, 14, heavily um, interested in computers and things like that. Um, left school, got a job in a bank. Um, from there, I just plodding along uh, in, the, um, in the financial sector. Left there, um, joined my uh, father's business, um, which was a security company. Um, so I did... Uh, for all of my sins, um, some time uh, in the security industry helped grow the business. Um, from there, uh, <clears throat> broke my hand, discovered Bitcoin um, <laughs> because I, I couldn't go to work. Uh, literally, just browsing the web um, after after breaking my hand and having my hand in pot, discovered Bitcoin, fell down that rabbit hole, um, and the the rest is history. Okay, and when did you discover Bitcoin? Uh, End of 2011, early 2012. Okay, so... Um, I then moved to Cyprus um, because my my daughter, um, her mother married somebody in the RAF. They got posted to RAF Akwateri. Um, so instead of denying my daughter that opportunity to go and live an experience, uh, that I basically upped my life uh, with my partner at the time, moved over there, um, established myself in Cyprus, yeah, go ahead. And it gets interesting after that. Oh, okay, okay. Boring part. <laughs> okay, all right. Tell us about the juicy stuff. Um, lived through the the bank bail-ins, um, where the uh, the Cypriot uh, government was uh, being uh, was in negotiations for uh, a bailout with the IMF and the European Union um, in twenty twelve twenty thirteen. And essentially what they said was, is you have to put your hands into everybody's bank accounts and haircut the money to recapitalize the bank to qualify for this, these loans. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so they shut the banks literally overnight. Um, if you was rich enough or connected enough to politicians, you had plenty of notice to get your money out of the country. It later um, came out that uh, many of the politicians, families and, and things. And uh, th- there was... Uh, talk that they was targeting the, the Russian money that was holed up in Cyprus um, in investments and for tax evasion and, th- and things. But mm-hmm. all of the, the Russian money left months before for Malta. Um, so it was the, uh, the average Cypriot on the, the end of the, um, on the end of the whip on that occasion. And initially they, what they wanted to do was they wanted to haircut um, 8% of everything over a thousand euros in your bank account. Wow. But what they, uh, the, the president at the time managed to go back to them and say, we can't do that. That's people's shopping money. That's the, the money that they feed their families with. Mm. Um, so what they did uh, was they made an agreement and they merged one of the, or two of the, the largest banks. Um, and then they haircut 50% of everything over 50, uh, over 100,000 euros you had in your account. Wow. So now they was targeting businesses that, had cash reserves that was ready to pay payroll and mm-hmm. things like that. Um, and they, they, they found themselves um, paying for uh, all of those mistakes. Wow. I had no idea about that. 
I didn't know that was, I didn't even know that was, I mean, I guess depending on where you are, almost anything is possible by the government, <laughs> depending on, <laughs> but uh, in fact, that's crazy. But the actual reality of the situation is um, Cypriots were borrowing money from the Cypriot banks mm-hmm. to invest in Greek bonds, uh, which were really risky. So that's paying a high return. Um, so on the, the face of everything, Cyprus was booming and doing really well because there was everybody was earning all of this money because they was borrowing cheaply, investing it in Greece, and then Greece defaulted, um, which basically meant everybody stopped getting paid for the money that they had invested, so they're still on the hook for these loans. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it was a little bit self-inflicted um, that people choose to uh, ignore somewhat. Um, but the, the conditions um, to enable that were promoted by the banks and, and things like that. So, yeah. Well, I mean, I think most people don't really all all of this stuff. You know, finance stuff, economic stuff is is complicated, even amongst people who really look into it and study it and think about it. But I think if but it we're keeps being... everybody from asking too many questions. If they, yeah, if they don't yeah. think, uh, oh, uh, I, I fully understand this. I'll uh, I, I can't have a position or opinion. Um, mm which for the most of the time is understandable, but this is your livelihood. This is yes. what feeds your family. Um, yeah. We're pretty sure I've seen a quote um, somewhere with regards to if people understood how the monetary system worked, there'd be a revolution overnight. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. No, but, I mean, it, it's it's crazy. I mean, most people don't even know that. I mean, it's funny. I mean, we're, we're obviously going to talk about Bitcoin, but what's the first thing that a lot of people say about Bitcoin is that, oh, it's it's not backed by anything. And I'm like, <laughs> Okay, what are your what are your pounds and dollars? <laughs> right, you, it's amazing. You still have people who think that pounds and dollars are backed by physical gold, or like people don't understand that money is just be. I mean, look at the situation we're in right now. We're in the midst of this pandemic. Yeah. The government is just I don't know. The U.S. has printed I don't know three is it three trillion six. or six trillion six trillion. I mean that that's not even a fathomable <laughs> right. That that number isn't even a number you can sort of quantify in your head six trillion just in a matter of months and we have no idea how much money is just being printed daily and just being put on them and yeah i mean it's crazy how we we just kind of get on with normal life and people just do things and everyone sort of knows what money is on a very basic level but on a deeper level very few people ever take the time to think of like okay what is money what gives it its value where where does it come from why why do i trust it why are all the, these different currencies? What is inflation? All these kind of things. And I think when you really do look into that, something like Bitcoin makes a lot more sense to you. A lot of the criticisms that people try to levy at things like Bitcoin or cryptocurrency in general are even more, are, are more so applicable to normal fiat currency. Um, so tell us a little bit more about what drew you towards Bitcoin and uh yeah, what were your what were your initial thoughts when you went down that rabbit hole? My um, initial, I, I discovered Bitcoin before I moved to Cyprus, um, okay. so I was already trading Bitcoin uh, before then. I actually um, way back in 2011, 2012, there was um, a, a an exchange in the UK um, called Intersango. They had like faster payments. It was so easy to buy Bitcoin then. Um, you didn't have to uh, go through all of the uh, KYC processes and stuff. So I was already um, invested in Bitcoin by the time that I moved away. Um, but the 
the aspect for Bitcoin for me was a censorship resistance. Mm -hmm. uh, it was if it was mine, it was mine. Nobody could take that from me without me giving it up to them. Um, <clears throat> the the whole uh, I understood that um, that the the pound wasn't backed by anything uh, because I can remember on one of my first days sat in a, a retail um, bank just looking at the, the twenty pound note and I said. Oh, I promised to pay the bearer. I was bored. I just said, I promised to pay the bearer what? And uh, that's when somebody first said to me, uh, I'll just give you another one of those notes <laughs> for it. Um, so I said, oh, so it's an empty promise. So I, I always, oh, from being 16, I always had that understanding mm. um, that um, money wasn't backed by anything. But the... People, uh, I, I try to avoid whataboutisms uh, when it comes to comparing Bitcoin to the um, to the legacy financial uh, systems that we have. Mm -hmm. um, it's very easy to say, oh, but uh, but you can do all of that with fear and uh, everything. Essentially, Bitcoin is also fear, but it, the only thing it's backed by is the proof of work um, that is done by the, the miners without getting too technical. Um, so it's... Bitcoin is ultimately backed by the energy that has been burnt to create it and mm -hmm. to verify that it's real uh, and that you own it. So, um, which is a darn slight more uh, backing than um, <laughs> whatever uh, Mr. Munchin at the Treasury wants to uh, create out of thin air uh, on his database. Um, the the numbers that are bounded around like six trillion and things. Um, they 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 have engineered the system to be extremely complex. So it's not like they've just turned on um, the photocopier and photocopied a whole bunch of hundred dollar bills. Um, a lot of them are, are bonds and stuff. But ultimately, it's just garbage. Um, and the the scary thing for me of everything that's happening right now is in six to twelve months' time, when this thing uh, is somewhat passed over. The, the impact of all of this, uh, all of these fiscal policies and things, that's when it's going to start to really impact the mum and pop that's going to do their uh, weekly shop and, and things like that. Uh, yeah. I've explained to my to my uh, to my partner. I've said to her, I said, you just wait and see. Compare your your shopping receipts um, at the like, at the start of this year with uh, the start of next year, and see where uh, it's really uh, where we're really at. That's yeah. the only way. Um, <clears throat> Because food is food, um, it doesn't really start providing more energy or value um, per pound spent uh, year on year. Yeah. So. Okay, so I, I want to take it take it a step back one second. I'm aware that there are going to be some people who are listening to this who most people I imagine will be aware of Bitcoin. Probably a minority will maybe have some or have dabbled in it. But there are still a lot of people who, majority of people still do not really understand what Bitcoin is. So could you give a simple breakdown to someone who may be listening to this, who's curious about Bitcoin, but doesn't really get it, is really trying to get their head around it? How would you explain it to them in simple terms? Um, <clears throat> simple terms. The, the only way that I can describe it is the, the reserve currency of the internet. Um, it's a universal, um, or it doesn't recognize borders. So it doesn't recognize what your government has to say or do. Um, it 
it, it's basically it's it's gold with wings. Um, you, you you can literally transport gold from one side of uh, uh, Bitcoin from one side of the world to the other side of the world, and not have to rely on anybody else um, other than the person receiving it. Um, to, to acknowledge that they've received it. You don't have to trust anybody in between that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and nobody can stop that from happening. Um, nobody can uh, take that away from you once you've received it, unless you give them access to it. And um, the, the the other aspect um, of gold is the, the, the store of value, which is probably the right now the biggest aspect of bitcoin mm-hmm. um especially with uh, when you're comparing it in value uh, to say the us dollar that's being created um bitcoin is um finite there's only ever going to be a maximum of 21 million full bitcoins mm-hmm. um well it's actually just under for many different reasons <laughs> but the to change the amount of um Bitcoin that will ever exist, you have to convince everybody else that's holding it and participating uh, in the network to change that number. Yes, That includes uh, getting me personally um, and anybody else like Elon Musk that holds a quarter of a Bitcoin um, to, to change those rules um, and devalue their own position. Um, I, I would never agree to that. Mm-hmm. So instantly, me and the, the person that wants to change the rules are going to be on two different networks because I'm never changing that rule. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, that's what I agreed to. That's what I understood. And um, even because of the, the decentralized nature of it and because no government can get in the way, um, you can't drop a bomb on every single person that holds Bitcoin um, <laughs> to, to force them to, to change their mind and to, to devalue um, Bitcoin. And the implications of that are huge. Um, but uh, and because of that, and when you're uh, valuing it against like the, the dollar and stuff, um, it can um, create rather good headlines when the, the price goes from ten dollars to thirteen hundred dollars, and then from seven hundred dollars up to twenty thousand um, dollars. But <clears throat> we we can go um, can touch on the the, the market cycles uh, and things and uh, the FOMO and the whole. Uh, cyclical events that we seem to go through uh, every four years, roughly, with Bitcoin, yeah. and we're coming up to probably another one. But uh... yeah, man. So, as someone who's been in been in the world, the Bitcoin world for for a long time, actually, um, I'm a lot newer to it than you are. I first uh, I first heard about it. I want to say relatively, maybe in the mid 2010s. But I didn't really look into it properly until until 2017, because um, I I just I don't know I, I'd heard about it, but I think I just thought it was something like PayPal or some sort of in video game currency or something. Right? I just heard here and there, I'd hear it mentioned, but I never really no one ever explained it to me. I never read a book. I never sat down and really investigated it. Um, so I guess two questions here. One, during the course, uh, what's it been like to be involved over the period of eight or nine years and seeing all of these ups and downs and fluctuations and this thing spreading from what started out as an extremely niche? I mean, it's still a niche, but it was like a super duper tiny 
niche of people who even knew what this thing was. What's it been like to see that grow into the mainstream to the point that you, you're, you're right, it's typically if the price breaks certain barriers that it'll get coverage in mainstream media, but just that level of awareness and involvement and growth and perhaps more importantly, where do you sort of see that going in the next 10 years? For me, um, I started a business uh, in Cyprus. This is, this is probably the real juicy part of the, the journey. Um, I started a business there. Um, it was a bad business model. Uh, I raised some capital from within the, uh, the Bitcoin community at the time. And um, it was arguably the most forefront approach at taking Bitcoin mainstream. We appeared to have what was um, the the perfect storm of events. We had the banks literally putting their hands into people's bank accounts. Um, you would have thought that the uh, the general population uh, would begin to understand what money was uh, and things. Um, so. What we did, well, what I did was I uh, created a business that aimed to create physical locations where people could go and learn what Bitcoin is uh, and buy Bitcoin in exchange. Um, it was a, a company, and we also had uh, our own payment network, um, which linked. Uh, we was innovating with multi-signature wallets, um, which is like a more secure way of storing Bitcoin, especially for the layman. Um, so we 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 was trying to create a way for the average Cypriot to use and interact with Bitcoin mm -hmm. um, without deviating too far away from um, their existing, um, uh, their existing behaviors. So uh, we created a beautiful physical location and, and things like that. Um, I made some mistakes in some of the people that are hired. Um, it ultimately um, led to a little bit of a mutiny uh, within the company, hundred percent my fault. Um, I made some bad decisions, some mm. bad hires. Um, the original business model wasn't great uh, on reflection. It was far too early. It's probably far too early for such a business right now. Yeah. Uh, we probably still need another 40, 50 years um, before we're ready for anything like that. We was literally two weeks away from McDonald's in Cyprus accepting Bitcoin. Um, we had agreed with them. Uh, we just needed one sign-off from one more director um, for them to, to accept. Because you couldn't use cards in Cyprus at McDonald's then. Okay. Um, it was a bit of a, um, because the, the card payment networks was, uh, it was a monopoly by a company called JCC, which was owned by all of the banks together. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so if, and they didn't do special deals for anyone, not even McDonald's. Um, so you paid their rate, mm. um, which for me is absolutely crazy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can remember the first time going into, uh, McDonald's, um, in Larnaca, in Cyprus and going to pay with my, um, my debit card. And I was like, oh, sorry, we don't accept cards. It's cash only. Mm. Um, I was like, oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the ATM? Um, and so, so that was going to be like really advanced at the time and just out of this world. Um, for Bitcoin itself, there were some things that we did that ended up on like the front of the, the Wall Street Journal and stuff during the 2013 pump up to, in November up to like two, uh, $1,200. Mm -hmm. um, there was a lot of the, the things that we was doing. Um, and the company exploded uh, in a great ball of flames. Uh, I literally came back to the UK for five days and I'm still sat here now. Um, my house, my dogs, everything 
was still in Cyprus. Um, there was a European arrest warrant issued for me. Oh, wow. um, the, uh, the, I, basically, I received threats towards my daughter uh, and, and stuff who was still in Cyprus. How, how, how come? What, what warrant for what? <clears throat> um, there was five different things on this warrant, each of them laughable um, when it actually came down to it. Um, but I uh, ended up, it took them 18 months to issue that uh, and arrest me in the UK. Uh, I went through the whole extradition proceedings, got granted, uh, I was on bail for uh, 11 months while the, the whole process was completed. Um, down between, uh, I was on an electronic curfew for three months as well. So they just wanted to make sure that I wasn't leaving the country. Um, so I was on tag for three months. Um, and then out of nowhere, they dropped it. Um, I'd Before um, I'd even been arrested, I'd received an offer to sign over all of the assets of the companies uh, in Cyprus to these people that uh, transpired to be um, named in this warrant against me as making a complaint against me. Um, they offered uh, for it all to disappear if I signed over all of the assets of the company. Um, so essentially, I was just being blackmailed. And, wait, and these are people who were working for you? These were uh, it was in the one company? Of them, or? One of them that was working for me, uh, and the three of them were closely linked to the company okay. um, through external contractors and things. All very powerful people and extremely influential people. Um, some of the, the newspaper stories that was being pushed out and the narrative uh, and the, the entire Bitcoin community essentially turned against me. Uh, apart from a few people that was close to the situation that actually understood what was happening. Mm -hmm. uh, I perhaps didn't um, handle it in the best ways. Uh, I literally had to go silent for the best part of three years, um, like radio silence whilst I, I fought it and dealt uh, with everything. But then out of nowhere, after 11 months, they literally dropped the warrant. Um, they, <clears throat> I'd been offering all along um, to uh, be interviewed at the Cypriot Embassy in London. Um, they point blank refused. They wanted me over in Cyprus so they could hold me on remand whilst they questioned me. Mm -hmm. um, so what was what were the what was alleged? <laughs> this is the thing. So there's uh, this uh, obtaining credit under false pretenses. We paid for everything pro forma. What else was there? There was theft, um, which was the only reason why the um, uh, the warrant could have been issued in the first place. Okay, um, but that's an even better story. Um, there was uh, procuring documents by false pretenses, uttering a false document, um, and money laundering. Okay. In all of these uh, complaints, I received, I only received funds for one of them. So that's where we assumed that the money laundering charge was tagged on to add an additional 14 years to give it weight uh, of, of potential time. Mm -hmm. um, the theft was apparently I had sold somebody 20,000 euros worth of Bitcoin on Christmas Eve. Um, I had agreed to hold those Bitcoins for them uh, until uh, Neo opened and we had the software ready and they could become a customer. Um, they paid me in cash. Um, this person wasn't capable of holding their own Bitcoin securely and stuff. That's why I agreed. We had the contracts, we signed, I had the receipts and everything. They made that complaint. Um, Literally two days after I'd been back in the UK and this had all blown up, um, I'd contacted them directly. I said, look, I'll buy them off you for what you paid for, uh, mm -hmm. what you paid me for them, which was they, I got the tough end of that. 
deal, basically, because uh, the price had dropped from uh, where they had purchased them. But I had 20,000 euros deposited to their bank accounts in cash, mm-hmm. and I had the bank receipt. Um, I had a friend do it locally in Cyprus, and I literally had that receipt. Um, so that, that complaint was completely null and void. It didn't, shouldn't have been there. And the police didn't know that I made that payment, even though we'd been sending them the documents um, to say, look, this complaint isn't valid. Here's the receipt. The, um, the, the investigating officer wasn't aware until two days before they interviewed me at the Cypriot embassy in London, um, like months after uh, all of this had uh, happened and gone down. I wasn't um, permitted uh, to have a lawyer um, present when they interviewed me at the Cypriot embassy in London. Mm-hmm. Um, and they literally just wanted to get it gone, get it brushed under the carpet um, uh, and just get it all dealt with. It was a five hour interview wow. at the embassy without a lawyer. So I recorded it on my phone. Um, okay. so I, <laughs> yeah. to, I, I literally right. had my phone, uh, not this one, but my phone on the desk sat in front of me recording the whole thing yeah. um, because I knew if there's going to try and screw me over um, in the future, I could just dangle that in, in front of the judge at Westminster and say, look, they wouldn't even allow me uh, together with the emails denying me um, having a lawyer present. Um, wow. It wouldn't stand up in the future. That, that sounds, um, it was just sounds crazy. corrupt from start to finish. Yeah. Um, but it's ultimately my fault. Um, it was me that like had the ideas and what we did and the way that it was all ultimately handled mm-hmm. was my fault. Um, absolutely fine with that. The, the beauty of it all was um, during my, my time on bail and everything uh, and being um, couldn't really commit, couldn't do anything, couldn't um, because everything was just up in the air. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just retaught myself how to code and just started building. Uh, and from there, uh, I iterated out and developed what became fast bitcoins. Okay, cool. So tell us a little bit more about fast bitcoins. Okay, so my idea has always been to be able to give more people uh, access to um, buying and selling Bitcoin uh, and to obtaining it for themselves. Um, the it, It's still extremely difficult and there's so many pitfalls for, um, for, for accessing Bitcoin. If you use Bitcoin ATMs, they're extremely um, expensive. If you use the on, uh, exchanges uh, online, you can generally be bombarded with um, like a trading interface um, that's extremely complex. Um, there's very few people that offer um, like dollar cost averaging services uh, and things like that. Um, so what I originally did was developed a way to um, give people access in a, in a way no different to going and buying a, like a £10 Vodafone top-up voucher for your, your prepaid mobile, mobile phone mm-hmm. uh, and things. Um, so instead of uh, creating a, a, or buying thousands of pounds worth of um, hardware um, to sit in the, the corner of a convenience store or a restaurant um, type of place. Uh, we had a handheld device, um, a point of sale device um, for, for merchants so they can, um, they can earn, uh, generate revenues for themselves um, by selling our vouchers. Uh, we pay merchants like 2% of all uh, transactions that they, they do through um, through this device and, and things um, and it enables us to grow much faster uh, and we want to uh, give people 
um, to, or to become that option um, where you don't even need to look to see if there's one of our locations near you. Uh, and we're in the, the first year, uh, we've grown roughly like 74.64% month on month from mm-hmm. May last year up till April uh, this year. Um, April, April onwards is probably going to be a bit slower <laughs> um, because of that virus. Um, but uh, the but it's been great because we've gone, we've managed to um, get locations in Canada, Estonia, and actually the UK. Um, and we're just about to go into Australia as well. Uh, Germany, um, we've got a location in Latvia. Um, uh, we really are starting to, to, to expand. Um, and one aspect of uh, business that we overlooked, or I should say that was overlooked was what happens if nobody can go out and access these locations anymore? Yeah. <laughs> um, something I didn't really give too much thought about. Um, so we also had um, the the fifth money laundering directive to to make changes to our service uh, our services um, to adhere to that regulation um, because the government's here now to uh, to spoil the the fun and the party mm-hmm. uh, and to make things a little bit more awkward. Um, so we took a couple of months off um, during this period. We've pushed forward uh, all of our updates um, to, to really improve uh, our services and offerings. So we're going, we're introducing like dollar cost averaging and things. Um, so people can just regularly buy 10 pound a week, 20 pound a month uh, or on a certain day of the week or every few days just execute an order you don't become emotionally invested in the price movements you just stack your uh, satoshis over uh, a longer period of time um, and it's the best way to to buy into bitcoin i I still always try and promote earn bitcoin Um, that is by far the best way to obtain bitcoin Um, but if you can't just buy bitcoin um, and hold on to it uh, and then give us a couple of decades and we'll see where we're at. And what do you think a couple of decades looks like? I know you said you don't like to, you don't like to do predictions and I'm not even talking about a price prediction per se, but um, what's happened in the last 10 years you've been involved. How do you see looking at what's going on nationally, internationally, politically, culturally, monetarily, all these different aspects. How do you see Bitcoin fitting into the big picture? If you live in my echo chamber, um, a lot of people would like to see the world burn and Bitcoin become the, the monetary standard overnight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't see that happening. Um, I'd hate to be the haves in a world of have-nots. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to be a gradual progression, um, but more and more people are going to um, become aware of Bitcoin and the, the fundamental aspects of it. Um, we've still got a very long way to go after seeing um, the state of affairs when J.K. Rowling uh, asked, okay, explain Bitcoin to me. Um, literally every man and his dog. And some of the responses was just... Oh, I haven't seen that. <laughs> oh, tell, tell us a little bit about that. Wow. Um, so there's... Um, it's just a cringe fest. Um, <laughs> I'm Bitcoin only. I, I don't deal with all of the alts or uh, anything like that. Bitcoin for me, I, I struggle to have the time um, to to stay up to date with what's happening in the Bitcoin world alone, mm-hmm. let alone 500 other 
um, currencies that for the most part have been designed to enrich the people that created them. Um, and just looking at that post, this next, um, when we go through uh, like FOMO and the, the massive run up in price and then inevitably the massive crash because nothing should go up that fast, um, sustainably, but like it's not sustainable um, for um, such parabolic rises really, in my opinion. But um, the every other post is somebody trying to sell something that is better than Bitcoin um, because they asked about so Bitcoin. Expl- explain the post for someone. Most people listening won't even know what you're talking about. I think so J.K. Rowling was drunk. Okay. Um, she's the the author from Harry Potter. Um, if you've been living under a rock for the last twenty years, um, and basically she just tweeted, um, "Don't try uh, like." I don't understand Bitcoin and literally, so explain it to me, which was just asking for trouble. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So it got explained to her in a million different ways, trying to reference Harry Potter and the character and everything. Um, And then you had the owner uh, or founder from one of the biggest exchanges um, basically said to her, "If, if you, uh, I'll, I'll give you one Bitcoin and then basically said, um, if, if you teach a woman to, to fish, uh, the old saying, the old cliche, uh, it, if you teach a woman to fish, you feed her for a lifetime. If you give a woman a fish, you feed her for a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he said, not that, um, like, dot, 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 not that I'm saying that you like to eat. And it's just like, wow, really? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Uh, so you're either insinuating that she's fat or she likes her. it's like there's just no need like she yeah. asked for an explanation like but you're taking this as an opportunity to make the most horrendous uh, comments <laughs> and then funnily enough somebody with a fake twitter account um posted oh I've just, like it's not a fake account it's actually like quite a well-known bitcoin i think and they changed their profile picture and the name uh, to jk rowley the same profile picture. I basically posted a screenshot of them buying some Bitcoin. Um, and then basically, oh, okay, I've been the port. I've bought, just bought my first $100 of Bitcoin. Oh, gosh. And the first comment or the top <laughs> comment on that was from the owner of arguably the biggest exchange in the world, like the CEO. He fell for this fake account saying, and the first thing he did was promote the fact that she could buy all of these other altcoins through his exchange. Oh, um, and for me... <laughs> It's like, we've still got such a long way to go. Um, Because if the the CEO of, or arguably the biggest exchange in the world, um, can fall for a fake account, how many people are still falling for the... (laughs) I'm pretty sure most of everybody that's on Twitter has seen them. um, These giveaway scams and stuff where you make a... I'm pretty sure you get them. Oh, I'm giving away Bitcoin. Um, Do this, do that. Elon Musk is arguably... Uh, the most common one, um, or like uh, for Ethereum and giving giving Ethereum away. I've just sent five Ethereum and got ten back. It's, yeah, it people makes still fall for those type of things, and now it makes even more sense when the CEO of the biggest exchange falls literally for oh, somebody pretending to be J.K. Rowling. Yeah. Um, well, I'm 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 uh, I'm I'm British, but I, I'm also Nigerian, so um, I've uh, I've seen I've had many many years to. Uh, know to be suspicious about people offering to 
give, give you loads of money if you send them <laughs> if if you send them a little bit i think everyone has received the email from the uh, nigerian prince or so so yeah but i'm pretty sure there's one guy sat in lagos that's <laughs> like just sat with piles of money going why is he giving away yeah nobody wants it <laughs> it, it is very funny i remember a couple of years ago that there some house did get investigated uh i can't remember money. yeah no, <laughs> that was hilarious and so i was like oh man maybe maybe he really was trying to give it away but the thing is like for me like just nigeria alone like with looking at that that entire market what is it 100 million people population oh, or more even than, more than that oh um that's a huge economy mm -hmm. really um the, I've just read the uh, the growth delusion. Um, so GDP means nothing to me anymore, and um, the way in which it's measured and stuff. But most of Nigeria is cut off from e-commerce mm -hmm. with the rest of the world um, because of the the reputation. It's probably a, well, it's obviously a minority of people that oh, have yeah. given given it that reputation. So for me, like Bitcoin being the way in which that it's trustless um and it's push payments not pull payments you literally have to to push the payment to somebody they mm -hmm. can't just take it from you mm -hmm. um so for me the the use case of bitcoin in nigeria especially opening it up to um global commerce and i've got um say friends but uh, acquaintances in the space that i know that are uh, developers in nigeria um that are working on that um so hopefully in the next um, few, few years, we, we start to see the benefits of some of their work and um, the, the potential is clear. Yeah. Um, and, and it's such an entrepreneurial, um, for better and for worse, oh, um, yeah. environment uh, mm -hmm. from what I can gather. Um, yeah. yeah, no, no, certainly. I mean, yeah, I mean, especially... I'm I'm Igbo myself, and Igbo people specifically are known for being like entrepreneurs and you know very uh, business minded, etc. Like a lot of people who see what I do with my business and stuff, a lot of people are, are you Igbo? And they're like, oh, okay, it all it makes sense now. <laughs> you know, with the, all the different things I do. The um, one of the largest exchanges in the UK um, is actually a good friend of mine. The CEO is uh, originally uh, from Nigeria. Okay, um, uh, Obi Nwosu. Mm -hmm. and uh he's great nigerian name. yeah he's 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 great he actually um that's not just nigerian that's also Igbo as well <laughs> oh, <laughs> probably, probably, probably speak to obi yeah um, i can tell by the name he's much more uh, philosophical than me uh and thinks about things much more deeply uh, than i do mm -hmm. and he's got probably the best uh twitter handle at obi obi um he, he was an early adopter of twitter clearly yeah um We've just um, done a deal. Uh, we've got a subsidiary in Uganda. Um, we've got a pilot scheme uh, in Uganda. We've got somebody in Ghana um, that, that's going to start developing our network of um, locations in those countries to give people access to Bitcoin mm -hmm. um, through our services um, there. And for me, um, the, the potential is absolutely massive. And most of these economies run on um, digital money already through like M-Pesa and things like that with the prepaid minutes on phones. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It's huge potential. Yeah, I mean, one big question there, I know, so I know from sort of firsthand experience with Nigeria, but it'll be the same in a lot of countries, is one barrier or hurdle that'll certainly need to be overcome 
is sort of a matter of infrastructure because with Bitcoin, it's it's digital, right? With cash, you don't need these. These are very heavily these are cash economies because everyone can have cash. You don't need a you don't need a bank account. You don't need ATMs. You don't need this. You could be working in a market. You could be anywhere, and people can use cash. People can use a uh, pay for phone vouchers and cash, etc. It's not like here where it's all contactless and chip and pin and Apple Pay, Google Pay. And I think it's going to be a long time. It'll be a while until that is the case. So a question I guess I would have is with something like Bitcoin, you would still need not as much infrastructure as some of those other things, but you'd still need some level of infrastructure and internet access and connectivity, etc. So that is one area where I do wonder in developing countries how that bridge will be crossed. Um, don't quote me on it. But I do believe um, in some of the economies in Africa, more people have mobile phones than they have running water. They do, yes. Fact. So more people have access. You, you can send a Bitcoin transaction via SMS text message. You can broadcast the transaction. Okay. Okay, I don't think I knew that. Yeah, uh, we've got uh, there's uh, a big company in this space called Blockstream, mm-hmm. and they literally have satellites orbiting the Earth to give like global coverage to be able to obtain the data from the Bitcoin network as to what's happening. So you can verify okay. your own transactions. You don't even need the internet. Um, so okay, I, didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah. And they're, they're, they're introducing kits now. It's still obviously quite expensive to, to get those, those kits, but for right now they're about $200. Mm-hmm. Um, but also when you um, again, look to like Starlink from um, SpaceX that, um, their uh, low Earth orbit um, satellite constellation for, for internet access, that will be faster than most land-based internet connections. Mm-hmm. Um, I know somebody that's been um, tr- uh, dealing um, uh, or trialing the technology for these low Earth orbit satellites for internet connectivity, uh, and they're getting, like I think it's five six times faster than what i get at home on the fastest fiber broadband that is available where i am yeah and these 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 are trials that are happening on ships in the antarctic um <laughs> and they're, they're getting like four five hundred meg um speeds up and down yeah. um extremely low latency because it's lower orbit. so um you've got a 10 millisecond ping it's much faster um than what um, we even have here. Yeah. Uh, and that's only going to accelerate um, as time goes by and SpaceX launch more uh, of these um, satellites into space and stuff and they make it commercially available. Um, so I, I do believe that the infrastructure argument is always going to fade over time. Okay. Yeah. Even the whole internet connectivity thing. Yeah, well, if if internet connectivity is, I mean, it's it's coming, and I don't mean it's not like there's tons of internet connectivity in Nigeria and other countries, but as we've said, we're talking about a, a massive population, and there is a there is a significant difference between someone who's got money and is living in Lagos and has you know a well paying job or whatever versus. You know, for every one person like that, there are multiple yeah. people who don't don't have a bank account and are just dealing with cash and stuff is very basic. They will have a mobile phone, definitely, but um, it's not going to be a 
iPhone, iPhone 11 yeah. as with, with all of these different capabilities and yeah, with the 5G, the, yeah, uh, 4G, 5G. Coronav- the coronavirus causing <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's why that's why Nigeria is not being hit too hard by coronavirus, apparently. Maybe <laughs> no 5G towers, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what, that's one of the most bizarre, um, uh, that oh, one. Yeah. I, I do enjoy entertaining like crazy ideas, but, um, that, that, that particular one, I'm kind of like, Ooh, wait, what? Like how, how, how have you, how have you managed to connect these two things? Like I can understand being concerned about this one. I can understand being concerned about this one, but, um, the, the connection, I'm not, a I'm correlation not, doesn't even, yeah. <laughs> awesome. the, that, that, oh, that whole, it's not even an argument that the fact oh, I literally, I, if I ever open up Facebook because my missus told me to look at something or whatever, just scrolling to find something is a painful experience. I find, <laughs> uh, especially during this lockdown, I've lost most of my faith um, in the human beings. Um, but um, it's good that you had it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I've always been an optimist. Um, yeah. But the, uh, we're still a long way away for Bitcoin, for, for the meme of banking the unbanked. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's so many opportunities for, for people to build in that space, um, even like lo- especially locally, people that know the market and understand it far greater than I ever could. Yeah. Um, there's so many opportunities there. Um, and there's also a lot of people that are willing to, to back developers now to build these types of infrastructure um, in those places, um, some of the, the most fascinating stuff um, that that I get or I've had to, to play around with is like mesh nets and like Go Tenor and things like that. Um, there's a, a friend from New Zealand that was broadcasting transactions using Go Tenor over like a, a mesh net um, over as long a distance as he possibly could in the wilderness, uh, and I think he got it up to like 21 kilometers um, between just these two devices. Um, using radio frequency um so there's just so much to do and so much to build um it's like literally you can pick anything and build uh if you're inclined to do so yeah no it's still um it's still very early i mean it's been it's been 10 years now since bitcoin was was created 10 years plus but um yeah it's still super duper early in terms of the technology and the adoption and everything like that and yeah I don't have uh, I don't have kids yet, but I have nieces and nephews. I've got four stepchildren and one daughter. Oh wow! Okay, there you go. I have two dogs, two cats, and two <laughs> leopard geckos. I've got so many variables in my house. Yeah, I'm curious to see. You know, when when they're my age, what is this? Uh, what what's the world going to look like on multiple levels? But what is what is technology going to look like? Because you have to keep in mind that, I mean. 30 years ago, if I think back to 30 years ago, what the sort of peak of technology was or what people had, whether that's in terms of computers or video games or cameras and technology in general versus what it is now. And then you kind of think another 30 years, it's a, it's a mind blowing, it's a mind blowing proposition. Yeah. There's a, somebody actually in our company Slack yesterday shared a video from 1984 on the BBC called, uh, as a program called database. Okay. And they sent an email. Uh, this video predates me. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of just drilled it home a little bit more that, yeah, this is still really early. <laughs> it's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. If, right? So like even people say, oh, Bitcoin's too volatile and things like that. But if you um, be, don't become emotionally invested, if, if, if you're starting to look at the price every day, mm-hmm. sell some Bitcoin because you, you've clearly got too much invested in there. If, if, if you feel that the need to, to check all of the time, mm-hmm. um, Otherwise, you're just gambling, essentially, um, as well. Um, so the the thing for me is such a long period of time, like a low time preference. Um, since discovering Bitcoin, I much prefer to buy furniture and stuff, and uh, I'll probably spend a little bit more on it, but it will last an awful lot longer. Uh, and I try and apply that to, to, to everything that we now spend money on uh, and things, just lowering that time preference. Um, and you're probably going to have a lighter footprint on the planet um, as well um, through what you're consuming and stuff. Um, and but you, you're still providing, um, you're still participating in the economy, um, paying some skilled craftsmen to to create a piece of furniture, other than getting something that's made out of compressed cardboard that's going to last uh, less than a year, and you're going to replace it and then buy it again and again. Um, yeah. Just lowering that time preference and things like that. Uh, is what I've learned really to do. Um, so like I say, 10, 20 years, um, what I'm working towards is for my daughters and my grandkids, if I ever have them. Mm-hmm. Um, my daughter seems far too career focused. She's going to be <laughs> to have kids. It appears that way right now. But uh, she's... Oh, yeah, that, uh, that always changes. That, that yeah. tends to change at a certain age. <laughs> yeah, she's 13 now, so she's already starting to change. Um, yeah. I wish she'd go back to being little. Um, <laughs> And less less mouthy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but no, it's um, just that video from the email and stuff. Like, even from nineteen eighty four, a couple of years before I was born, and to to look and think of maybe Bitcoin at that uh, those because ultimately Bitcoin is just a protocol. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So. so, Danny, where can people go to learn more about Bitcoin in general? and also about fast bitcoins and what you guys are doing over there um fastbitcoins.com uh we have a what is bitcoin educational section um it's quite in depth uh but at a high enough level for the the layman to understand um that's what we we tried to achieve with that and um follow us on twitter at bitcoins fast um and myself is btc danny uh, on twitter um I'm more of a watcher than a participant. <laughs> I, I grab the popcorn when you tweet. <laughs> I have a lot of followers like that, including including some some very 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 well known, very famous ones who will occasionally send me a DM, just like, dude, yeah, <laughs> I I won't comment on this, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, Peter McCormack who I discovered you through is very similar. I don't know if you follow him. Um, yeah, yeah. But he uses Twitter for research and me and him, we're both avid Liverpool fans, mm-hmm. um, which is, is something, another discussion. It's like I, the, the most socialist football club uh, in the country. <laughs> I would literally chop my arm off to see them win the league this season um, in person. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> no, I won't, but I need them. Um, but, and then Bitcoin is arguably just pure. It, it, the, the systems are based on self-interest and 
um, essentially human greed um, that keeps this keeps the rules in place mm -hmm. um, because people so we don't change it for anybody else because we're all just self-interested um, and then correlate that with supporting Liverpool uh, <laughs> my entire life um, you've got like Bill Shankly who is a, a vocal socialist as one of like the the key people um, in the club's history and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Peter, back to the point, Peter also uses Twitter for, for research. He tweets a fair bit though. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Awesome. Danny, thank you so much for coming on the, coming on the podcast. Um, really good to talk to you, hear more about your story and uh, we will talk soon. Yeah. Cool. Thanks a lot. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.